Hello and welcome to the Building Through Him podcast. I'm Mary Jo Parrish and today's episode is The Train of His Glory, Part 2. And just so you know, you're always loved and always welcome here. So we looked at virtue, the meaning of virtue, why we need virtue, shoveling coal is the virtue. And now we're going to look at someone who lived it out really well. I quoted him in our part one, St. Vincent de Paul. So his feast day is September 27th, and his legacy is beyond amazing. Like of all the saints, I don't know anyone who has so much attributed to him. Through the power of God's grace and his virtue lived out, he created orphanages, schools, hospitals, seminaries, religious orders. He even did prison reform. I'm like, good grief, this guy must be exhausted. That's that's like, there's no way that could happen without our Lord's grace pouring into him and him living out those virtues. So we see even the fruit of his work pulsing through today. We can see it today. So we're going to look at five of the virtues that St. Vincent asked his followers to live out. These are the signs by which the followers of St. Vincent are meant to be recognized. It's Isaiah 55, 9. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so high are my ways above your ways and my thoughts above your thoughts. So when we can't figure out how in the world a just normal human being could do so many things, we remember God's ways are so much higher than our ways. So of the five, number one, humility. So part of humility is not comparing gifts. We are continually giving thanks for all the gifts the Lord has given us, and He continues to give us. We have complete recognition that we are utterly dependent upon God for everything. And we recognize that we need others as we journey towards heaven. And I think this is really important to know, like, you actually can't just do it all yourself. You can't. The enemy will convince you of that, but you can't do it all yourself. That's called self-reliance. The Catechism of the Catholic Church says, God wills the interdependence of creatures, the sun and the moon, the cedar and the little flower, the eagle and the sparrow, the spectacle of their countless diversities and inequalities, tells us that no creature is self-sufficient. What? Yep. Creatures exist only in dependence on each other to complete each other in service of each other. And that's actually awesome. We're created for community. We're created to lean on one another. It's beautiful. So how does St. Vincent live out the virtue of humility? So there's this poor family in this town. They were basically dying of hunger. And so St. Vincent gives this awesome homily about, you know, helping this family in need and all these different things. So the whole town comes out. They bring groceries to this family. And when Vincent saw all these things, he was like, oh, my gosh. They're not even going to be able to consume this all. And then some of it's going to rot because they can't consume it in time for it to, you know, be eaten in a healthy way. Like, this is actually kind of a mess. And also, there's other people starving in this town. Like, this needs to be ordered. And Vincent organized the first confraternity of charity where members would take turns of helping the poor and sick of the town. This is Philippians 2, 3, and 4. Do nothing out of selfishness or out of vainglory. Rather, humbly regard others as more important than yourselves, each looking out not for his own interests, 
but also for those of others. One of the legacies of that is the St. Vincent de Paul Society. So that was founded in 1833 by Frederick Osman. And this society seeks to provide organized assistance to those in need. They have over 800,000 members in 150 countries. And that amazing society began with the virtue of humility lived out by St. Vincent de Paul. And I bet you, you probably have a St. Vincent de Paul in your area as well. It's in many, many Catholic churches. So that's humility. What about simplicity? So what does he mean by that? Vulnerability and speaking truth, even when it's difficult and living out our lives authentically and maybe speaking the truth so others can understand it. So if you're saying something that's really complicated and another person can't understand it, then what, what was the point of your words? You know, we have to make sure that others are understanding what we're saying and that others are clear with what the final goal is. Our final goal is heaven. Everything that we do needs to be ordered to that. What is our final goal? And then the, the gift of being able to honor one another and bring people together in a unified way through our work, through our prayer, through our community, and even in our leisure, just the idea of coming together. We just had a, like a little get together um, this past weekend and we played volleyball and we did this little thing a fun game and inside the house. And, um, and then it was getting to be about 8, 15 at night. And I was like, Hey, let's pray. And so we just all said prayers together. There's 14 of us on the couch, probably another five on the floor, three on chairs beside that three in the kitchen. I mean, there was humans everywhere and we sing our prayers together and the power of us just singing prayers together. And it probably took us, I don't know, 12 minutes, not anything heavy. It was so beautiful. And so like bringing people together, for leisure also, and then you add in, you know, make it holy. Just add in the decade of the rosary or, you know, whatever your family's form of prayer is. That was beautiful and so, so feel, filling for our souls. St. Dionysia says, among all divine works, none is more divine than laboring with God for the salvation of souls. So how did St. Vincent de Paul live out simplicity? Well, he was asked by a mother to go and visit this prison that her son was in. And he goes down there to visit this prison. He had no idea how terrible the conditions were. So people wouldn't even last a month there and they would actually die. So they were chained to the wall. They couldn't actually sit. They couldn't actually like lay down. They were just chained to the wall. So they're just hanging there. And then the bottom was covered with gross water. And so their feet would become bloated and rotted. And like, it was so gross and he would go down there in that gross water with those prisoners chained up and he would talk to them in very simple language about the love of God and meet them right there. This is a quote from St. Vincent de Paul. I kissed their chains, showed compassion for their distress and expressed sorrow for their misfortune. He loved them there and he loved them with that virtue of simplicity. Number three, the virtue of meekness. Meekness kind of gets a bad rap. It just kind of does. But what's St. Vincent mean by that? It's the ability to be gentle and open to whomever the Lord sends us. To be patient with growth so that others have time to adjust and change. It's recognition that we'll never fulfill all the duties that are set before us. That we are actually meant to work in community. And... It's the ability to channel the anger of injustice 
in a way to find solutions. This is Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Have no anxiety at all, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. Then the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So how is that lived out? Not actually in St. Vincent de Paul, but one of his followers, 200 years after he dies, it's a girl named Catherine. She enters the Daughters of Charity, and Mary appears to her inside an oval frame, standing on a globe. Rays of light are coming from the rings in her fingers, and around the margin of the frame appeared the words, O Mary, conceived without sin, Pray for us who have recourse to thee. Does that sound familiar? I bet you you've seen one of these medals before. It's the miraculous medal. And it's everywhere. There's great graces that are promised to those who honor it. And the one really cool thing about this, I actually didn't know. I had no idea. St. Catherine Leveret, when Mary appeared, she noticed that not all the rings, not all the gems were shining down. And she asked, like, why do some of your gems not shed any light? And Mary replied, those are the graces for which people forget to ask. Those are the graces for which people forget to ask. And I read that and I was like, oh my goodness, I am not asking for graces on a regular basis. Like I have got to get better at that. So you're like, oh, I need to ask for graces. Just pause right now. Let's just do this together. Like Mary... Send us more graces. We want all the graces so we can grow in virtue and love of the Lord. Oh, she's known as the mediatrix of grace. So when Catherine received this image, they created the miraculous medal. But the cool factor is she remained anonymous until the day of her death. But the power and the beauty of the miraculous medal around the world still carries on. And the graces pour out upon those who wear it. And that all began with that virtue of meekness lived out by St. Vincent de Paul, and then him asking his followers to also live it out. What about number four and five? Number four is not an easy one. It's called mortification. What does that mean? Denying our desire for a good thing to seek a higher good. Recognizing no one person can do everything. You see, you have like a pattern in all these, like you cannot be alone. You cannot do this alone. You cannot do this alone over and over. And then also mortification. We recognize our goals and we channel our limited energy into achieving them, even though we know something else must be let go of. Okay. So you can only do so much. If you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. Because we do, we have limited energy. And I, that was a really good one for me to hear. I'm like, oh, I didn't know that was mortification. But your ability to say no to something that the Lord's not calling you to is actually a mortification. And how did, how did he live this out? So every night in, throughout Paris, there was babies abandoned in the streets. Vincent would walk through them. He called them foundlings. And he would pick them up. And he would bring, bring them to this really rough orphanage. And it pained him greatly to leave these babies with these women who were really rough and seemed angry. And uh, he had to do it. He was like, some care is better than no care because they would just die in the street. He had to mortify himself to say, 
Not yet, Vincent. You have too many other things going on. It's not yet the time. Pick up the babies. Give the babies to the mean orphanage ladies. Eventually it will be time, but it's not time yet. So imagine how that that hurt his heart to have to give away these teeny tiny babies to women he wasn't sure whether it was going to hurt him or not, you know, that hurt him. But eventually he works with St. Louis de Merillac to establish orphanages. And then they are staffed by the Daughters of Charity. And they care for those babies with such great love. But it began by first St. Vincent saying, no, not yet. And then eventually working with the Lord to establish help so that it could be something that the Lord created later on. So what about the last virtue, virtue number five, zeal? What's zeal? It's love on fire for God and for others. It's infectious and it spreads. So it's the willingness to go anywhere and do anything, no matter the circumstances, to speak about the love of Christ and to continue to persevere in faithful love, even when it's difficult, and to draw others into that same mission. So how does St. Vincent de Paul live that out? Well, he did that in a really cool way. And I didn't even know about this before I read this about, about him. Up until St. Vincent, there were only female religious communities with cloistered nuns, women who stayed within a convent. They led a contemplative life completely separated from the world. So we could call that cloistered. Their ministry consisted of prayer within the convent. So when you hear people say, oh, she was a nun. So a Catholic nun is a woman who lives a contemplative life in a convent separated from the world, so cloistered. A sister is someone who lives in religious community within the world. And St. Vincent is the first one to establish these. He had great respect for the religious within the convent, but he knew that God was calling him to more. So he works with St. Louise, who's a wife, a mother, a social worker, a nurse, teacher. And together, in collaboration, they found the Daughters of Charity. And these women are responsible for organizing hospitals for the sick, the poor, asylums. No one was taking care of the mentally ill. No one. Orphanages, workshops for the unemployed, advocating for literacy among the, among the uneducated, establishing standards for local charity, prison reform, like so many things. They even started a community within the church. They are the ones responsible for starting the new style of community within the church, that religious order outside the church. They brought the feminine religious life out of the walls of the convent to serve in authentic communion with those in need. And now we have Catholic sisters in many different religious order who minister and pray within the world. They're usually engaged in the works of mercy and in other ministries that bring the joy of the gospel to the world. But that all began with the virtue of zeal lived out by St. Vincent de Paul. This is Romans 14. None of us lives for oneself and no one dies for oneself. For if we live, we live for the Lord. And if we die, we die for the Lord. So then whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. So of those five, humility, you know, establishing the confraternity of charity, simplicity, 
you know, the prison reform and talking to the prisoners very simply. Meekness, the miraculous medal. Mortification, the creating of orphanages. Or zeal, creating the Daughters of Charity with St. Louise. What of those spark something within your soul? Because we know we grow through virtue in three ways. Education, which we're doing right now, right? Deliberate acts and perseverance and struggle. So one of the things we talk about in Kingdom Builders all the time is our crown jewel strategy. Plan, do, reflect, adjust. So of all of those virtues, is there a certain one that was laid upon your heart? Go with that one. So let's say it was humility that really like sparked something in you. What are some ideas of living out this virtue, growing in this virtue? Acknowledge the accomplishments of others and praise God for them. Show deference to the opinions of other people or desires of other people over your own. Stop lying. Even the little white lies that make a story more entertaining. Pause and correct yourself. What about if you're really were feeling like simplicity was something that you wanted to do? Stop rushing. Plan extra time in between your items on your calendar and to-do list. Recognize any worldly barriers that keep your life complicated and eliminate them. And then really step back and ask yourself, does the way I spend my time and my money Reflect my love for God and adjust it if necessary. St. Thomas Aquinas says, the things that we love tell us what we are. So those are the first two. What about number three? Meekness. Really you're feeling like you are being called to grow in that virtue. Here's some ideas. Tolerate inconvenience without complaining or speaking ill of others. So if someone cuts you off in traffic, you are not going to say anything negative, Okay. Do not make decisions on important things in haste. Forgive injury quickly. Some of us, that's hard, right? Ooh, something hurts. Yeah, just give that right back to Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I forgive so-and-so for so-and-so. Right back to you. And the enemy doesn't take up any part of your mind and heart. It's a great one. Sirach 2730. Wrath and anger are hateful things, yet the sinner hugs them tight. So number four, mortification. That was one that really stuck with me. That really was powerful for me. Fasting from actions, foods, or activities that you enjoy. Do the plan, do, reflect, adjust weekly with activities and goals to keep greater order and balance. Do not procrastinate the work or obsess about it. Stay with the task from start to finish. And then what about zeal? The last one. Like, mm, I really want that. I want more zeal in my life. Increase your daily time in prayer or in Eucharistic adoration. Go outside of yourself. Do some outreach. Ask a stranger to pray. Ask a friend to come to Kingdom Builder Gathering. Send a prayerful text. Invite some people over to play a board game and say a rosary. It's really bringing people together to experience the love of God. And then you do it. You choose what you're going to do, and then you do it. And this is actually the most practical stage, and it's the stage where it's the easiest to give up. So when we're tempted to give up, we remember the exact moment when it's incredibly hard and we're tempted to give up is the exact moment our virtue grows the strongest, the sort of strongest virtue muscles. Remember that genuine formation includes repetitive and reflective practice. 
So after you work on one to two specific virtues during the week, reflect on how you feel before, during, and after. Is embracing that virtue a barrier for you honoring your vocation, or is it raising you to a new power in your vocation? Did increasing that virtue increase your peace and joy at all? One of the virtues I've been doing is lifting little arm weights. That was actually my story of many months of dust collecting on my arm weights. And at first, it was like hard, you know, and then I moved on to it and it became easier and easier. But what I found is that the day that I do um, my mosaic small group, there was, it was too, I was too rushed. It was feeling overwhelmed. So I just make sure that I do it on the opposite days. But that one day I don't do it because the time frame just wasn't working and I was feeling rushed and chaotic. So like reflecting on that, like, okay, what felt good about adding this virtue and what did not feel good? Like what increased my joy? What decreased my peace and joy? And then adjusting it. And the adjusting it is often where people, you know, they don't want to reflect. And so they don't adjust. They're like, yeah, that didn't work. You know, when I had my mosaic small group, it felt chaotic. So I'm just going to stop doing it altogether. Well, the Lord doesn't want that, right? We just have to recognize we adjust and we are patient with ourselves as we grow in virtue over time. And let's say that you really want to grow in a certain virtue, especially in abstaining from something and you are really struggling with moderating that activity or or food or consum- consumption. St. Augustine has a quote, for many, complete abstinence is easier than perfect moderation. So sometimes we find that we actually just need to abstain from it. So there was a period for a while where I just took all social media off my phone because I actually had to like break myself of the habit of going and checking my social media all the time. I only did it on my computer. And so if you recognize that something becomes a barrier, you actually just have to break it, just break it. And it's like hard for like two days and then it just slowly gets better because right now you're just riding in the fence back and forth, back and forth and feeling mad at yourself all the time. So recognize when you need to do complete abstinence. And this is the good news about virtue. Trains no longer run on coal alone. They run on diesel fuel and coal together. So what's our fuel? Our fuel is our prayer in the sacraments, right? The grace from these empowers and elevates our virtues. So when we have the prayer and the sacraments and the virtue working together, it creates glorious power. Isaiah 6, 1, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. The train of God's robe filling the temple is symbolic of his glory and his majesty. We are the train of his glory. My brothers and sisters, it's us. The fabric of our lives are sewn together through him. The more Christians there are, the greater the train of his glory extends. So living in that virtue allows us to give his love to one another because we're not meant to live in virtue alone, right? Through the fabric of St. Vincent's life, God raised up many others, including St. Louise, St. Catherine, Frederick Osmond, who have in turn raised up thousands more. And did you know, you even listening to this, you're actually one of those? It's crazy to think about it, but it's true. When I met with our pastor and was talking about Kingdom Builders, it was like five years ago, I said, I really, really want to lift women up. And God's love, I really want women to know their beauty, their worth, and their authority. And then the saint quote that I used was from St. Vincent de Paul. Our vocation is not to go into one parish, nor into only one diocese, but throughout the earth. And to do what? To inflame human hearts. It is not enough for me to love God. 
if my neighbor does not love him as well. So Kingdom Builders is part of the legacy of St. Vincent de Paul. And right now, we just raise up our Lord. We proclaim his love. We exalt him. And we praise him for those he has sent to surround us on our journey home. And if you are not driving, just ask you to close your eyes and receive this prayer. We praise you, Lord, for infusing in us the theological virtues of faith, hope, and love. We praise you that those were given to us without merit, purely from the gift of your sanctifying grace. We praise you, Lord, for the human virtues within us that are strong. We praise you for the graces that you have given us to allow those to grow in our life. Lord, we ask for a deeper outpouring of your grace to grow in new virtues. Lord, allow all of the radiance of Mary's gems to brightly ignite and shine as we receive these graces. Lord, take your place of glory before us on your throne. We are your beloved sons and daughters, the fabric of your glorious train. We prepare for the fullness of your presence in our life. Let your train of glory fill us so that our hearts may be inflamed with your love, so that we may go forth to carry your love to the world. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. If you would like more information about Kingdom Builders or would like to know how to bring this apostolate to your parish, please go to our website at buildingthroughhim.com and click Build With Us. This podcast is part of the Spoke Street Network. For more great podcasts, visit spokestreet.com.